Sung Jin Cho, it's wonderful to have you here with us at All Classical Portland here in Portland, Oregon. We've been sharing your recordings with our audiences here in Portland for a number of years. And now I find that we are on your sixth Deutsche Grammophone recording, having Chopin uh, this time around. Several of your recordings have been Chopin, is that correct? Yes, my first studio album was Chopin. And my debut album on Deutsche Grammophon was Chopin Competition Live album. So yeah, actually it's my third Chopin album. One of your earlier ones has the concerto number one, the E minor concerto. So to me, this feels like you've brought us full circle by having the concerto number two. And was this recorded in 2020 or in 2021? It was recorded in April this year in London. Um, it was supposed to record last year, but because of the pandemic, it was postponed. What was a sort of pandemic recording with an orchestra like for you? The schedule-wise, it was very flexible, but the studio, they had problem. So they, they had to close uh, in certain period of time. So. That's why we had to postpone our recording project. Was the concerto the first thing that you tackled for this recording, or was it the solo piano music? So I, I wanted to complete the concerto cycle, and I wanted to record with the same orchestra and with the same conductor. So I recorded E minor concerto with the London Symphony Orchestra and Noceda five years ago. So I wanted to do um, this setup again. So the concerto recording was supposed to held in November last year, and the scherzo recording uh, was supposed to held in uh, take place in March this year. And doing the scherzo recording was no problem because I just had to go there uh, in Hamburg by train from Berlin. But to record in London was more tricky. Uh, because I had to quarantine for five days and I did uh, and I, I was grateful that I, I was able to record and complete this process. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was uh, more of a challenge than a few years ago with the E minor yeah, concerto. Yeah, it's interesting just knowing about Chopin that he wrote these two concertos and we know them by their numbers that were assigned to them and their published numbers, but apparently Chopin composed them technically in the reverse order. Right. And right. the e, do you think that he did that maybe, the E minor concerto has such a strong orchestral opening. I wonder if like Beethoven who did the same thing, if he was trying to, he wanted to make a good big first impression because mm -hmm. the, the, the concerto number two to me seems almost more chamber-like. That's, that's my impression. I think you're right, and I agree. So the, the E minor concerto is more substantial than the F minor concerto, while the F minor concerto is more delicate, especially the first and the second movement. So the second movement of the F minor concerto is one of my favorite piece uh, by Chopin. And it's very romantic, but this piece was written when he, the Chopin was very young, so I always try to take more of an innocent approach rather than too romantic one. 
Now, some folks that I've spoken to, and this includes, I guess, critics and maybe piano professors and so forth, feel that some of the concerted works of Chopin could stand just as well on their own without an orchestra. It doesn't seem so true with the concertos. Uh, I mean, you've mm -hmm. got to have some kind of an orchestra to have that, uh, that structure and that support. Yeah, he was another composer like Beethoven. He, Chopin has never wrote the symphony, but he was a special, I think he was specialist of, of piano music. And um, there are two types of concerto, like Chopin, where the orchestra just support the piano, and Beethoven or Brahms, where the orchestra, they're at the same level as a pianist and they communicate with the soloist. And the Chopin is definitely like the first category, uh, like Liszt and uh, Mendelssohn probably. So the, the, it may look like the orchestra part is very easy to play and easy to accompany, but actually it's not true. So when I play or when we play the Chopin concerto, we need to take a lot of time and rubato and the timing and the tempo is very flexible when we play this piece, uh, more flexible than uh, when we play Beethoven's or Brahms, I would say, as well. So conductor has to be very sensitive and he has to catch the, the, the right timing. And Noseta was perfect um, conductor for this kind of music because he was so uh, good at opera as well and he's so sensitive and so I was really comfortable to record with him. Let's talk about the scherzos. I understand um, that you like to play them as a set in concert sometimes. They're each about nine, eight, nine, ten minutes a piece. Maybe one of them is a little bit longer. So that's about 38 to 40 minutes, which is a good half of a typical recital. Um, how do they how do they feel to you uh, as you play them? Do you do you play them in the published order? Yes. Uh they seem to feel comfortable all in one place. Um, so I, I often play the four scales together as a cycle when I play the recital, especially for the second half. And like ballads, they they seem to feel seem to feel very comfortable. So uh, musically is very connected, and they're like all dramatic. They're all different, but at the same time, there's some similarities. The structure-wise is very clear. There's a, a A, B, A sections, and the B sections there is always uh, more poetic and more intimate than A section. So these those four scales, they're all dramatic and romantic and also very poetic. Yeah, yeah. Th that's often how they're 
you know, we, we get used to hearing them when we put on a recording and we'll, we'll listen to them usually just all the way through. And um, the, having them all, all as, a, as a set of four, in a way, to me, feels a little bit like a journey through Chopin's life or maybe through his thoughts because the scherzos, unlike the concertos, which are concentrated as a young man, the scherzos kind of appear across the rest of his life after he moved to Paris. I think especially the fourth scherzo to me is a very mature, mature piece. Um, it's the hardest of the four in every every sense, like technical and musical aspect. Um, it reminds me like uh, the, the the young Chopin years, but it was softened by the maturity. And it is the only scherzo which is in major chord, major That's tonality. Right. Yeah, um, so um, I think it's very special. Especially, um, so number four is one of my favorite. It's my favorite out of four. So um, it's hard to describe about the maturity, but I clearly feel the maturity through this music. things that I find fascinating about Chopin is that he, we call him a romantic composer, and he certainly has, you know, lyrical, melodic, romantic content to, to him, but it, but I also hear the influence of the, like of Bach, kind of like, you know, uh, really wanted to stay with structures, whereas Liszt at the same time seemed to wanted, seemed to wanted to explode all of that, kind of break that all up and go into new and unknown areas. Yes, uh, Chopin's music is, in general, is very polyphonic. So I always care about the inner voice because it is, the, the every melodic line there, I think they're meaningful. So I always try to make it sing, uh, not only the right hand, the top voice, but also the left hand and the inner voice as well. How does a, a piece that you've played on a recording, how does that feel for you after you've set it down in recording, that's a document, it's done, and then maybe six months later you're asked to play one of these pieces in concert? Is the recording process part of your continuing journey with this music, like growth and greater understanding, and then you take that with you after the recording? Um. I feel like, to be honest, I feel like after the recording session, um, I feel like I learned this piece. Finally, I learned this piece like 100 person. So unfortunately, um, my performance after the recording session might be better than <laughs> my, my recording itself. Uh, because the recording session really helps me to understand more about the music. Would that be because a recording session, there's there's a guy with a watch and, you know, you, you, you've got to really concentrate. There's a schedule. It's very rigorous, isn't it, doing a recording? Right. We have to dig in so hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, Song Jin Cho, um, it's been a 
wonderful to talk to you. Uh, as I said at the beginning, we've been playing your recordings for a long time, so it's wonderful to finally have a chance to to meet you. And uh, we are looking forward to sharing this latest recording with the Chopin Concerto Number no. Two and the, the Four Scherzi with our our listeners here in Portland. Thank you. So, 